0: Most people understand what a priest is, and of those, many will understand what a bishop is. But deacons are something slightly different, There's often a bit of confusion around what they are. In fact, sometimes it can seem as if they're just not quite a priest, rather than being a distinct thing in and of themselves. In this sermon I'm going to be exploring a little bit of what it meant to be a deacon during my first year of my curacy, but also reflecting on the idea that ministry isn't just something that belongs to those who are paid, or who are ordained, to exercise ministry, but it's something which belongs to the whole body of Christ, all of us that make up the church. It was preached on the 27th of January 2019 And the reading was Luke chapter 4, verses 14 to 21. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher Samuel S. Thorpe. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, I'm the curate, and I'm halfway through my first year of ordained ministry as a deacon in the Church of England. In many ways, this first year as a deacon has been a peculiar one. It's a bridging season between the years of training and reading seamlessly endless books about the Church ministry, and being ordained a priest, God willing, this coming June. During this time, there are several key differences between myself and a priest like John or Tony. The obvious ones are that I can't conduct weddings, preside over a Eucharist, baptise, or give a priestly blessing. There's a sense in which, as a deacon, my role is to assist with the administration of worship, to share in the ministry of a priest in this team ministry. One way to think of it is that if this were a film, and I hope to be nominated for an Oscar, I would be aiming for Best Supporting Actor. And while a lot of my training has focused on what it will mean to become a priest, it's actually important that I understand the heart of diaconal ministry. It's a ministry of service, of obedience, and it's also a ministry of freedom – freedom to minister under authority without the same degree of responsibility for, amongst other things, PCC agendas, service voters, or finances. Knowing, and, more importantly, understanding, my role in the ministry happening here in the disc team ministry is key for me to do my role well. It was key for Jesus as well. In our Gospel reading today, we encounter a Jesus who confidently claims that he is the fulfilment of Isaiah chapter 61, namely that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, and freedom for the oppressed. Here we see that Jesus has a clear sense of purpose. He understands the distinct nature of his ministry, of what it is that he has come to do. In the reading of this passage of Isaiah and in sitting to preach on it, saying today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing, Jesus declares his ministry and the authority which his ministry is grounded upon. Many books have been written on this passage. It has been described as Jesus' manifesto. Churches often adopt it as a central theme for their mission statements. In South America, this passage became a foundation for what's called liberation theology, a Christian rationale for social justice which has influenced churches and in turn the lives of countless people across the world. Indeed, I dare say that I could delve headlong into each of the aspects that Jesus outlines to explore what they mean for us today. However, to do so could risk overlooking the most important part of the story, it opens, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. Again, at the start of the Isaiah passage, we read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Just two weeks ago, we were remembering the baptism of Christ in the River Jordan, when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus as if a dove. And now, following a time of prayer and reflection, including the temptations by the devil in the desert, Jesus embarks on his ministry filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. To say that Jesus was filled with power is not simply to say that his miracles battery pack is now fully charged and ready to be used. The power of the Spirit is not a thing to be measured and rationed out as a commodity, but rather the ineffable presence of the love of God at work in and through first the Son of God himself and then those who believe and trust in Jesus as Lord. It is in this presence of God, acting through humanity, in which we find the foundation of all gospel ministry. And Jesus serves as both a pioneer and perfecter of his ministry of faith as the pattern we are to follow. There may be different kinds of ministry, Jesus as the Saviour of the world, Peter and Paul as apostles, Justin Welby as Archbishop, Tony as a priest, and myself as a deacon. But all of them are grounded in the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I was ordained deacon, I was asked, Will you then, in the strength of the Holy Spirit, continually stir up the gift of God that is in you? to grow in holiness and grace. By the grace of God, I will. When Tony was ordained priest, he was asked, Will you then, in the strength of the Holy Spirit, continually stir up the gift of God that is in you, to make Christ known among all whom you serve? And he answered, By the grace of God, I will. Because all ministry is the fruit of the Spirit of God being present within and working through us, that means that the foundation of the life and ministry of the Church is baptism. That is, all of us, ordained or not, who have been baptised by the Holy Spirit into the death and resurrection of Christ, we have been baptised into the people of God to live in the presence of God's love for us and for the world around us – and more than this, to minister to the world in the name of Christ. Each of us has different gifts, whether that be evangelism, teaching, discernment, wisdom, administration, financial, youth work or leadership, whether that be by serving as church warden, playing the music, leading the services, praying faithfully or working hard behind the scenes All of us, together, make up the body of Christ, the Church here in this place. In baptism, you have been called out of sin and darkness, into the hope of life eternal and the promises of God. Indeed, in a baptism performed according to the Book of Common Prayer, the priest welcomes you into the congregation, saying, I sign you with the sign of the cross, in token that hereafter you shall not be ashamed to confess the faith of Christ crucified, and manfully to fight under his banner against sin, the world, and the devil, and to continue Christ's faithful soldier and servant unto your life's end. Amen. Each of us here in this church today have been called by God, drawn by love to be baptised into the church, and to confess Christ by our lives in word and deed. Having been called, we were baptised, and in being baptised into the life of Christ, we too are anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is for joy and the dutiful privilege of being called Christians. Especially so in these times where the Church of England is having to adjust to a new season of mission where, let's be honest, the numbers are down. It's a season where parishes join together into team ministries, such as our own, to share their priests. A situation which could be framed pessimistically, Complaining as clergy are spread thin and congregations fade away. Or it could be framed positively. You are the baptized people of God, anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. That same Spirit by which God the Father raised Jesus from the dead is present here in your worship, in your lives. In his loving strength you have not just the permission, but the potential to impact the lives of those who live in this community. To love them and serve them, to reach out to them and share your faith with them, to enable them to hear the good news of Jesus, so that they too might enjoy his presence. This may seem daunting, but if the Christian life is anything, It is the awareness that we cannot do this on our own. We live this life together and with our God. And so I encourage you to be mindful of the presence of God in the Eucharist. Come and feed on Christ in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit as you dwell here in this community. Amen.